iced coffee, Kyle? You enjoy it in the summer months? So do I. Darby cast. Economics Wednesday. And you know something that I've noticed, as I'm sure all of you have noticed, is that almost all conversations turn semi-political. And that is exhausting. And so today on this Economics Wednesday, I will deviate away from things that could be interpreted as political. Although I'm sure there is some creative individual out there who is exceptionally pissed about everything that they possibly can be and will try to contort this into something political, I assure you that is not the aim. So this morning, as I woke up, the first word that popped into my head was dinosaurs. And yeah, that's a good time. I love waking up and having something cool pop into my head like that. I actually had a dream the night before about dinosaurs, so it wasn't entirely random. Yes, I had a very Jurassic Park-esque dream. Yeah, you gotta love Jurassic Park. You do! Michael Crichton, great author. He wrote Jurassic Park. He wrote The Lost World, the sequel to Jurassic Park. He also wrote Westworld for all of you HBO fans out there. But let me tell you a little bit about my dream and how much I'd really like to turn it into a reality because after all, this is a Darby cast. This is an Economics Wednesday. So in the dream, I was riding a T-Rex with a custom saddle. And boy, was I going fast. And the T-Rex and I had a strong connection. A bond, if you will. The T-Rex and I, we had a history. Although the dream in real time probably only lasted a few minutes, it felt as though that T-Rex and I had been friends for an eternity. So I'm thinking about riding this T-Rex. I'm thinking, yeah, sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool. Wonder... If we've got the science to pull that off. I wonder if we've got the science to pull off not just bringing a T-Rex to life, but befriending it and then going for a ride. Let me ask you this. If you had the choice between driving a Tesla, which are sexy cars, I'll give you that, or driving a T-Rex, what do you take? That's right. Yeah, you take the T-Rex every freaking time, right? There's no way that you couldn't. Maybe that's how we solve, you know, for people who are big into climate stuff. Because there's people out there who are desperately trying to solve climate stuff. And what if we replaced cars with dinosaurs? What if we brought back dinosaurs in mass? I remember a number of years ago, I read some story that you had some scientists up in the Arctic Circle who discovered a perfectly or almost perfectly preserved woolly mammoth, a mastodon. And they were like, yeah, we might be able to clone this puppy and then we'll have hairy elephants running around. 
And that immediately made me think like, okay, we are one step off of Jurassic Park, right? Because that's kind of how the cloning conversation goes. Jurassic Park came out in 1994, sparked the imagination of children everywhere. Then in 1999, you had Dolly the Lamb, who was cloned in a British lab. And for like two weeks, people had this fierce debate of like, is cloning ethical? What do we think? Should it be done? Can it be done? And then that kind of just went away. Back then, I think the news cycle, instead of being like three hours long, I think it was like two, three weeks, sometimes upwards of a month. So you'd get a little chance to talk about, be like, well, what do you think about cloning? And I'm pretty sure there were never any laws against cloning that came from that. And there's probably some serious cloning action going on behind the scenes. But the question is, is it being done for the right purposes? Like creating a fleet of dinosaurs that are loyal and uh, mountable to ride around and replace cars. This is an environmental economics Wednesday more than anything. You know, you could probably strap a couple of uh, shipping containers to the back of a brontosaurus, right? Those things were pretty big. Listen, shipping will be much slower, but it'll be good for the environment. And it'll be cool. A lot of you are probably saying this sounds cool, but it sounds like there's also a lot of opportunity for things to go terribly south. Do you not remember what happened in Jurassic Park? That those scientists' hubris was blinding them from weighing the consequences of bringing humongous toothed reptilian beasts back from the dead? Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Great guy, by the way. I like Jeff Goldblum. I don't care what anybody says. He said it. His character in the movie said it. What was his character name? That's right. Ian Malcolm. Chaotician. Studies chaos theory. What's chaos theory? Unpredictability. Reality is not always predictable. It is very uncertain. You pepper in uh, Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong, will go wrong. I'm sure that relates to chaos theory. And that was kind of the whodunit of Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was both amazing and, I don't know, it made me think. I was like, wow, are dinosaurs possible? Can we bring them back? But for the right reasons. You know, John Hammond, the wealthy old man who had a bamboo cane topped with a mosquito suspended in time in liquefied and fossilized amber. Really nice cane, by the way. Really nice cane. He wanted a dinosaur zoo, but he wasn't willing to put in the time and effort to train the dinosaurs to like chill and be more useful. And some of you are saying you can't override dinosaur nature. And I say, maybe, maybe you can. Maybe you can't, but we won't know unless we try, right? What say you to bringing back dinosaurs, riding them, not just using them as car replacements, but also integrating them in sports? 
Do you see the potential there? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Let me kind of paint a picture for you. Because this is going to save the economy, by the way. Like if people actually put some elbow grease into this and said to hell with the ethics of cloning, to hell with the consequences, let's get dinosaurs out there in the open, in the mix. Let's do away with the Kentucky Derby. Let's do the Jurassic Derby. Let's have undersized dudes dressed in bright clothes, mounting velociraptors and speeding around a dirt track. I am into that. I would definitely put money down on that. How could you not? How the heck could you not? There's a lot of potential with this idea. These ideas, because it's not a singular idea, but the inception point is definitely clone dinosaurs. Figure out how that works. Sure, the whole thing ended in a disaster in the movie. A lot of people got wrecked. Samuel L. Jackson was in that. I love the line, hold on to your butts. Pretty tight. Good cautionary phrase. Did I ever finish the Ian Malcolm quote? Let's go back to Ian Malcolm. I've got so sidetracked. This happens all the time. It's a problem. But Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, good guy. Let's backtrack. You know what he said about the Jurassic Park scientist? You were so preoccupied with the idea of whether or not you could that you never stopped to think whether or not you should. Big call out out of Ian Malcolm. Big call out. Huge call out. See that problem in a lot of places. The scientists, right? So some of you are saying, why aren't you taking an Ian Malcolm approach? And saying, is that a good idea? To bring, to replace Teslas with dinosaurs? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way that you could know that. Except for maybe by using intuition and saying, I think that would go wrong. I think that would go super wrong. But what if you just threw the dice? What if you said to hell with consequences, to hell with evaluating this idea and saying, we don't need dinosaurs in the stead of cars. Cars work fine. I don't think we need a Jurassic Derby. I don't think we need the Kentucky Derby to be modified to include T-Rexes and Velociraptors. Can you imagine a T-Rex race though? I'm really struggling with whether this is a good or a bad idea, right? Because it sounds so sweet, right? Dinosaur utopia. Can it be pulled off? Probably not. But what if it were pulled off in such a way that it was really sweet? Look at me, a walking, talking John Hammond, blinded by hubris, saying, but what if? I feel like if you brought back a bunch of T-Rexes instead of cars, I think there would probably be more deaths by T-Rex by a T-Rex malfunction than a car malfunction. Imagine on the highway, you just have like hundreds of people riding T-Rexes and then all of a sudden there's like a T-Rex pile up. There's an accident that doesn't end well. Sure doesn't. Definitely doesn't. Then you have to come up with all new laws governing how fast you can go in your T-Rex. You've got a souped up T-Rex. Can you imagine? You got a T-Rex with Nas. Your T-Rex is super fast. You just inject it with an EpiPen when you want it to go fast. That's the equivalent of, of Nas. Because replacing vehicles with T-Rexes, you want all the 
trimmings of a vehicle. You want to be able to flex on people, right? What's the equivalent of rims on a T-Rex? Could you paint their claws in liquid gold, perhaps? My T-Rex has a Hemi. What does that look like? Twin turbo T-Rex. Yeah, I've got a twin turbo on my T-Rex. What the fuck am I even talking about? Yeah, maybe this is a bad call, but maybe it's not. Did T-Rexes get built in cloning factories? What do you call the newest model of a T-Rex? Is that a Model T? Rex? Oh, gotcha. That's a dated Ford joke right there. Pretty cool. People are definitely going to want to customize their T-Rexes if this were to happen. Twin turbo T-Rex. Tinted windows on my T-Rex. I don't know what that equivalent looks like. I wonder if people who listen to DarbyCast, I'm talking to you, DarbyCast doctor. I wonder if you are starting to expand your imagination in the direction of unhinged lunacy. Because I feel as though your average listener, if like this is their first Darby cast and all of a sudden the first idea that they're getting hit with is like, we should replace cars with T-Rexes. I don't know. Maybe that gets you immediate buy-in as a new listener. You're like, dude, what have I been missing? And the answer to that is a lot, a lot. Darby cast has been a big adventure and we explore big business ideas. Oftentimes on Economics Wednesdays, we talk about business ideas moving forward, things that could radically change the economic landscape. This is truly thinking outside the box. It is. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about this. I think a lot of people are talking about the same thing right now. But that's not why you listen to DarbyCast. And sometimes I talk about stuff that's a little too mainstream and I apologize for that because that's not why you tune in. That is not why you tune in. You tune in for episodes just like this. And some of you are saying, I don't feel comfortable on T-Rex. I would rather have a hairy elephant, a woolly mammoth, a mastodon. But then you've got those real strong outsiders who are saying, Will there be any saber-toothed tigers available? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Saber-toothed tigers would make a very fast vehicle. Very low emissions as well for the environmentalists. Very low emissions on a saber-toothed tiger. This would change things in a big way. And I want you to approach this idea with a healthy skepticism, not with fear or suspicion, but a healthy skepticism and say, well, what are the real challenges to this? What's the upside? What's the downside? That's how you got to evaluate ideas. You say, what's the market like for this? Would people buy into this? Would there be a consumer base for this? And the answer to that question is 100% yes. Can you imagine, instead of going to the Hyundai dealership, you're like, yeah, I'm going to the saber-toothed tiger dealer. They just got this new model in, right? Well, everybody's caught up with the flaming dumpster fire that is American politics. 
you got to step outside the frame, the small box that the media wants you to stay in. They want you to be pissed off and exhausted. That's not a good place for coming up with key business ideas like saddling up extinct animals from millions of years ago. Yeah, that's what the establishment doesn't want you doing. That's the last thing they want you doing. It's coming up with a serious idea like this. You know they'd try to get in on it too. You know Elon Musk would try to come up with some pterodactyl. But Elon Musk, I can't say that's a bad idea. That flies with me. No pun intended. Would pterodactyls be safe to ride? Maybe. Would you have to get a pterodactyl license? That's a whole other question for all these vehicles. Do you need a specific license? You can't just let anybody ride a T-Rex, right? Get your learner's permit. You got to practice on like a, more like a triceratops, bit of a clunker, not so fast. But when you get your full license, your Raptor license or your T-Rex license, I think you got to have a different license for each beast just to keep things totally safe. Get your pterodactyl license. That would make commutes pretty chill. Pterodactyls? I wouldn't mind that. Was it the end of Jurassic Park 1 or Jurassic Park 2 where the pterodactyls escaped? Because I feel like that was a big deal and nobody really like looked into that. I wonder if in some secret lab somewhere they're making dinosaurs. They have to be. They have to be. Listen, if I were a smarter person, I would have studied dinosaur tech. That's what my degree would be in. I would have gone archaeology as my undergrad, bachelor's in archaeology, master's in probably mechanical engineering and avionics, and then go for the PhD in dinosaur resurrection science. That's the background you need to do this right. Kyle, go on the internet and see if there's anybody who's got that mix. And if we can contact them and inspire them and get them to just sit down and listen to all the possibilities laid forth on this Darby cast. Super important that that gets done. Yeah, those are three very strong degrees. Bachelor's in archaeology. That's no joke of a degree. That isn't. That's not a communication degree. That's archaeology and mechanical engineering. So you can, then you're pretty handy with um, fashioning dinosaur saddles that are both fashionable and functional. And then dinosaur resurrection science for your PhD. That's a pretty obvious go-to. We needed this. I know you're thinking that right now. Sometimes... It must be eerie as a Darby cast doctor to hear me narrating your thoughts as you're listening to this. At some point throughout this, you've probably had a couple thoughts. You've been like, what the hell is this guy talking about? That's one thought you've had. Another thought is, this sounds really awesome. And then another thought is, how do we get this done? Can I be a part of this? That's another question. And the answer is yes. The answer is yes, you can be a part of this because we're going to need dinosaur mechanics for dinosaur maintenance, right? If your T-Rex rips a hamstring, I think T-Rexes anatomically, I think they have hamstrings. Imagine if your T-Rex ruptures its Achilles. 
You're going to have to take them into the shop. Imagine if your pterodactyl takes a nosedive into the ocean while you're on him and like loses his confidence. We're going to need dinosaur mechanics. And you can do that at trade school. You don't need a four-year degree for that. And that's going to be a high-paying profession, right? Anybody who's willing to step up and fix a T-Rex, pretty sweet. I will tell you, though, it's going, to be, it's going to be a demanding job. Long hours. Long hours. But, but, think about the lack of carbon emissions. If there's anyone who's objecting to this idea, you know what they hate? The planet. The environment. They hate Mother Earth. They love pollution. They want to just party on the Pacific trash gyre. They want to do an oil spill somewhere. They want to drive a big old tanker ship, spill it everywhere. Yeah. They want to do an oil spill. That is mocking dinosaur resurrection to spill oil everywhere. That's really mocking dinosaurs. Disrespecting them. Yeah, you connected those dots. Mr. Darbycast or Mrs. Darbycast, doctor. This may be one of the most insane Darby casts of all time, but it also might be one of the best. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and I think this is a beautiful idea. Kyle, what would be your dinosaur of choice, huh, pal? Huh? Gallimimus? Those quick herbivores that almost trampled Timmy in the movie Jurassic Park? When Dr. Alan Grant was like, look at how they move. It's like a flock of birds. And then Timmy's like, ah, they're flocking this way. And then it's a disaster. But you could ride one of those if they existed. I wonder how long dinosaurs live for. I mean, like an individual lifespan of a gallimimus. Like, are they living for like 40 years? Because that's a better shelf life than most cars. Most people are doing a lease on a car for like two, three, four, five years max. Imagine just having like a top-notch Gallimimus for like 40 years. No environmental destruction there. Keep it in peak condition. And when you need to power to the next level of speed, you jack them with an EpiPen. I would love to see the commercials selling these dinosaurs to people. You're a rugged American who knows the feel of an honest day's work. Your family loves you, and that's no lie. And with a vibe like yours, there's no other choice than a stegosaurus. Find out more at stegosaurus.dinosaur. Yeah, that plays. Kyle, how long have I been going on this? Time check? Yeah, we should wrap up. DarbyCast, that's Economics Wednesday, back Friday, with a treat, always.